0: Good afternoon. This is Outlaw Priestess back with another sermon. I hope your weeks have been lovely. I have been personally loving the shift into spooky season and I'm honoring that a little bit today by recording this outdoors, outside, at one of my favorite trailheads where I like to pick mugwort actually. So you will hear some ambient sounds of life. There's people jogging, there's crows calling, all that good stuff. But I'm under a couple of beautiful oak trees and the druid in me loves that. So I'm very happy today and hopefully that comes across in this podcast even though I will be bitching quite a bit objectively. So I want to start out by saying that If you are the kind of person who needs to listen to something and take it at face value without any grains of salt and take it basically as dogma, if you need to listen to something and consider everything the person is saying as something they think is universally true for everyone, this is not the podcast for you. I might be preaching here, (laughs) but I'm speaking from my perspective alone. It is never my interest or what I'm doing at all to speak for anyone else or to tell anyone else what to do. I'm speaking for myself from my perspective. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, you don't have to. All I am doing with this is offering food for thought. That is pretty much all I'm doing with all my projects. So do without what you will. <laughs> There's a saying, uh, two juice, three opinions, and that is also massively true of witches and occultists, to say the least. And that is how it should be. I like intellectual diversity, so love it or hate it, I just hope I make you think. So this week, I want to discuss the present role of consumerism and materialism in the craft at least a little bit and I want to talk about the relationship between us in the craft and that sort of element of consumerism of materialism (coughs) and beyond that it isn't just about those two things I want to start to look at what really are our priorities in witchcraft at this time Uh, I've had a lot of thoughts with this one it's why it came out a little late Uh, if I included all of my thoughts I would not get this podcast out this week (laughs) let alone uh, even today so I've decided I am going to record a longer podcast with all of that juicy good stuff for my patrons that will probably come out either at like midnight tonight because I'm a bit of a night owl or sometime tomorrow so with that said let's go I'm using the words consumerism and materialism, not capitalism, because the word consumerism, to me, speaks uh, more to the sanctifying of consumption as a virtue, as a cultural priority that has become a value, whether through words or deeds or both. So when I say consumerism and materialism, I do not mean that to simply just mean purchasing things related to your practice. That's not an issue. That's also one of the biggest misunderstandings I've noticed when this topic is raised is that people tend to take any discussion around that or critical discussion around that as some kind of negative commentary on just buying things at all or on selling things at all, which is not the case. Most of us are not interested in painting our own tarot cards or in sewing our own altar cloths. Of course, we're going to buy some things at some point, And I personally would absolutely prefer to buy from fellow practitioners whenever possible. <laughs> So, to me, it's really not a valid criticism to knock people for wanting compensation for their work, for their time and effort, considering we do need money to live, and all the virtue signaling in the world will not put food on the table. Selling things does not make you fake. So, I mean, selling shit that sucks to take advantage of people, that makes you fake, but not selling things itself. So I don't think it's helpful to simply reduce and simplify the conversation down to that of money bad, buying is bad. Like, I I don't know where we get this shit, but it isn't witchcraft. Like, we're not monks where we're taking this vow of poverty. And, you know, I I think some of you know my feelings on the whole abundance gospel, the prosperity gospel, basically. I'm not into that either. But this is kind of where I stand on most things. There is somewhere in between taking a vow of poverty and considering money evil and, you know, literally going balls to the wall, you know, losing your mind, dedicating all of your manifestations and actions just to your own greed and narcissism. Shockingly enough, there is a middle ground. So, um, yeah, what, I, what I'm really looking at here, it, it isn't making people bad for buying or selling things. It's just looking with a quizzical eye uh, at the fact that some form of consumerism and materialism has appeared to take center stage as one of the major priorities in the umbrella of modern-day witchcraft. Um, you know, probably because it's taken off so much, probably because people have realized there is money to be made in this demographic. So the... <laughs> The other, another priority that's taken center stage is the commodification of trauma. But uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll make time to get into that later in the episode. So while we might not all practice the same things, while there might not even be a we, I, I'm usually arguing for the fact that there isn't a we, and I don't like to be associated with anyone else simply because we both call ourselves witches. There are things that practitioners who are active online tend to focus on. And that causes ripples throughout the subculture which do make a difference in a larger sense because suddenly we're all talking about the same issues um and i'll I'll mention that a, a little later in the episode too of this like game of telephone of when one person starts talking about something then it spreads out into the community in a larger sense so while i do know that conversations tend to repeat themselves across time like perhaps witches across generations They will have some iteration of this talk again and again. Like, I'm sure witches in the 90s were talking about this with the advent of Llewellyn and Charmed was a big deal at the time. Like, I'm sure there's some version of basically the same conversations throughout the generations. But I don't think that makes it worthless to talk about. I I do feel it's important to make a little ripple of my own in this conversation in this generation. Just... In the attempt at centering what should actually be at the center, which is the actual craft. So, when you look up the witchcraft tag on Instagram, you get pictures of altars loaded with crystals that probably serve more as expensive paperweights than anything else next to these prepackaged herb bundles. You see matching candles. You see pictures of fancy acrylic nails and goth girls vamping around gravestones and whatnot, which is sexy as fuck and I'm not hating. If any of y'all sexy witch bitches that I'm currently flirting with are listening to this, you know I love y'all. This is not shade. However, most of what you see posted under witchcraft, on the gram, on social media in general, very little of it is any actual witchcraft. That doesn't mean zero, but it's a minority. We all kind of know this, uh, and in a sense that's fine. You know, like Instagram is basically a picture book, And getting too deep on there can sometimes just be pearls before swine. A lot of the time, people don't appreciate it. Uh, It's not really what it's for. And I struggle with that balance of how deep to get or not get myself. Um, I'm not into just, you know, being completely shallow and giving into. oh, it's social media, so whatever. You know, you can make real connections on there. But, you know, I, I understand that it is a bit of a, struggle in a balance because it's fucking social media but essentially not much of substance ends up on there not just regarding witchcraft but whatever the topic is just because that is the nature of the beast so what I'm kind of thinking is we need to be able to take that for what it is and to maybe get a, a stronger sense of compartmentalizing that and understanding that okay Instagram and social media it's geared for a certain thing, but we need to be able to separate the values of, uh, you know, keeping a successful Instagram feed. We need to separate that away from what the craft actually is and to keep the priority on actual witchcraft because we can't pretend that the priorities of successful social media upkeep have not spilled out into how people practice their craft and their spirituality. Um, So I just want to acknowledge that. I tend to believe that you can only have so many priorities at the same time uh, and have them mean anything in real life. You can only serve so many things, goals, ideas, whatever, effectively at once before something starts to give. And one of the few things I consider generally true about witchcraft at large, and that's not many things because, again, it's an umbrella term, doesn't tell you very much, uh, you know, what have you. One of the few things I do consider mostly generally true about most of the systems and ideas that fall under that term is just the priority on relationships. It tends to be about relationship between us and the elements, us and nature, us and uh how do I want to put it? Like archetypal ancient symbols beyond our own lifetime, whatever you want to call it. It's about a relationship between us and something larger. And that's where when your focus is on just buying something because someone else has it or looking a certain way and getting reposted by Killstar or just having an aesthetic feed or whatever it is, that's fine. But when that takes total priority, it's objectively not based on, Inorganic relationship with the elements of your own path, whatever those elements are, whatever your priorities are for what you do. So I wonder if what's missing with that is that actual relationship between ourselves and our tools, between ourselves and our paths. But I think the impact of this social media witchy aesthetic has gone beyond just feeling the need to buy shit, although that is a big one. It's had this effect of making people feel that they need to shoehorn themselves into something so specific that it's really not necessary, and it seems limiting. So I don't know who needs or wants to hear this, but if you don't have a business, you don't need to have a brand. You don't need to you definitely don't need to be a brand. But we're so caught up in like optics that we feel this we feel this need to operate within these specific confines to be more palatable to some audience online and for what? So just because you have an interest in herbalism, that doesn't mean you need to call yourself a green witch. Just because you're interested in divination and the psychic arts, and that's what you're focusing on for now, that doesn't mean you have to label yourself strictly as queer sentient and make everything about that just to look more legit on the internet. Which, by the way, doesn't even make you legit. <laughs> like, I'm not hating, but it doesn't. So, and honestly, if people are so fickle and so shallow that they can be swayed by shit like that, by forcing yourself into some box that you know might well become constricting for you if they could be swayed by that they really don't matter so something related to that that's another negative impact that I've noticed is everyone wants to sound like an expert And I think it's because they don't think that they deserve to speak otherwise. They think they don't deserve to be a witch online if they're not an authority, if they're not selling eBooks and teaching courses and doing paid readings and whatever the hell it is. So, and I, I say this with love, but when the vast majority are trying to posture themselves as experts or authorities or what have you, the vast majority of what we're getting is posturing. We are getting very little of actual substance and we're getting the same diluted concepts wash through the system and making the rounds ad nauseum, just again and again and again. I have so many issues with this concept and none of it is really blame because I understand why people want to do that. They want to feel like they're bringing value to the community. You, You don't want to just sound like you're nobody. I've probably been there to some degree, so I get that, but I really dislike the push and priority on everyone feeling like they need to have a workshop and this branded course and everything. When we're not elders and we're still honing our crafts, it is, I'm sorry, turning us into shills even when our hearts might not be in the wrong place. Because like I said, maybe we just want to prove ourselves as a worthy member of the community. Maybe we want to just pull our weight and that's what's driving us to do that because we think that's what we are supposed to do. But it's really not. There is no need to push yourself into starting at the finish line and also selling stuff, selling courses, being a professional witch, that is not even the finish line for everyone. Maybe that's not even where you want to end up. Maybe that's not what you want to do with your expertise and your energy. That's up to you to decide. So don't look at social media and think, oh, okay, well, because this person has 20,000 followers and they're selling books and they're selling this and that, that should be me. Like that is not the fucking gold standard. I'm going to say that right now. So, I understand the irony of what I'm saying as someone that has a Patreon and as someone that charges for consultations, but I'm going to be really straight up. For one, I consult only on what I know, which is not strictly speaking witchcraft and paganism, it's a fusion of what I know with witchcraft and paganism, but it's also pretty heavily BDSM DS dynamics that tends to be a lot of what I consult on. And secondly, I'm never claiming that anyone paying me for a consult or a reading or anything like that, I'm never claiming that it's going to give you enlightenment or certification or validity of any kind. It's my input. That's the best that I can do. Uh, My input will not make you a witch, only you can do that. I cannot initiate you into any traditions, and even if I could, that would only be something I consider in person with people who are paying through energy and effort, not through money. I have a patreon and i charge for what i do because otherwise i can't spend all that much time on it but i am not trying to grift anyone uh <laughs> i just you know like i said i could not spend that kind of time on it if i was not making money from it so i like to think that i give food for thought and some of you seem to feel that way so i appreciate that but but again this is something else that is not actually unique to witchcraft we've gotten to this point where people constantly feel they need a reason to be allowed to speak they are constantly citing identity uh, like as a woman as a bisexual as a whatever as their reason that they're allowed to speak and if you know if something about your identity is relevant to what you're talking about then go for it but you do not need to cite a reason to speak in general you're just allowed to do that and you definitely don't need a reason to speak about your own spiritual journey if that's what you want to do Because not all speaking is teaching, and it doesn't have to be, and it should not be, is what I'm saying. That's another issue I have with making everything political, is it makes everyone feel like they're on a fucking podium when they open their mouths or they type something online. So let me just say, you are not on a goddamn podium, you are not leading a sermon, you are not preaching from the mountaintop, and you're not shouting into a speaker at a rally. Odds are you are simply a person speaking their mind, and there's nothing wrong with that. You don't need to justify that. You don't need to explain that. That's just what you're allowed to do as long as we have uh, freedom of speech. So something else that I wish newcomers realized in terms of you know, pushing ourselves to start at the finish line, I wish newcomers realized how valuable you actually are, how important you are, because people are fighting for your attention. Many people wanna be the ones to answer your questions, to teach you, to sell to you, to influence you in some way. You matter because you are potential. You are the next wave. And where your attention goes makes ripples of its own. So please, there's no reason to push yourself. For what? Like, what's the reason? Let's just think, if impressing other people was not an issue, or rather, if there was no internet, where would you actually focus on? Where would you start? What would you do? Ask yourself that and let that be your starting point. Let that be your guide. And know how important it is Just to enjoy the journey. Because you will miss this. You will miss the beginning one of these days. Sorry to sound like an old lady, but you will. I do miss the early days sometimes. You don't need to label yourself by your every interest. You don't need to start taking on questions and answering questions from people just because you are starting to develop an interest in something. You are not representative for witchcraft as a whole because you just started studying it. That's a lot of fucking pressure to put on yourself. Take it easy. (laughs) So... This also circles back to another uh, issue that's sort of mishandled around this idea of materialism and consumerism as a uh, priority in the craft. So when people are too busy pontificating about capitalism and classism and all this stuff, which has value, and I will make sure to reiterate that later, it has value. But when we're too busy sort of acting like we're at some kind of high school communist club lecturing everyone who'll listen to us... um, we're not spending time actually discussing how we can do something to promote keeping the craft alive and keeping the various facets of it that keep it what it is alive and that doesn't have to be the same thing for everyone some people may want to focus on reading knowledgeable authors some people might want to focus on the benefits of meditation and doing solo trance work or journaling or herbalism or whatever it is there's so many different aspects that we can focus on beyond you know, I bought this cool thing or look at my crystal ball or look at my velvet dress and boots and whatever. I just, I really do feel like (laughs) I am constantly stuck going to this same sort of high school communist club and it's really not doing it for me. We have this necessity, I've noticed, to politicize everything that robs us of the real substance and meat of the various topics that we should be talking about and that matter which shockingly does not fit this one size fits all approach that people these days seem to be so fond of for some godforsaken reason there is a reason that all conversations are starting to sound the same if you guys have noticed that which you probably have because when you identify with a hammer everything looks like a nail and witchcraft is not a nail i will die on that hill no i will kill other people on that hill i'm not willing to die um It is a multifaceted, multi-layered umbrella of disciplines and traditions that deserve better from us. And plenty of you, at least many of the people that I speak with online, you have something great to bring. You have plenty of great input and perspectives to offer. And that's what I've enjoyed about the, you know, I'm sorry to sound snobby, but the serious parts of witch and occultist Twitter, for example. Or, you know, the people I've met through Insta who are serious. Like, it is wonderful to hear your guys' insight. So, Earlier this week, I posted an open question to the witches and occultists of Twitter and basically said, what do you think about the role of consumerism and materialism as it relates to the craft at this point in time? And a lot of you, a lot of people had really great and clever answers, and I very much appreciated getting to gauge people's thoughts on the matter i was very happy to see that most of the people who commented seemed to prioritize people actually making the effort to engage in thoughtful practice rather than just in spending a lot of money there was more or less a consensus you know agreed upon opinion from what i saw um that it's about the effort. It's about what you're actually doing. It's not about, you know, what price point you can afford to spend at or whatever. But there was one comment that was uniquely biting and insightful. So I wanted to quote it and talk about it a little bit on here. So it was from someone who I, uh, how do you, <laughs> it's from one of my mutuals on Twitter, someone where we mutually follow each other, who goes by the username, which King WS, believe his name is Cooper had said, I think we like to talk about those words and concepts with a very shallow understanding of both. The occult is deeply rooted in swindlers, con artists, and performers. They're usually the most successful. You have people who maybe understand magic talking about theory, but most commonly, I see people who don't really understand magic and people who don't really understand capitalism using con man arguments against both to bolster their spiritual claims. And it works every time. Our desire to be quote radical is an easy opening for bullshit and there was some great comments but this one was easily my favorite Uh, i did not expect someone to be this blunt and this on the money but i was very pleasantly surprised and this whole thing it's a consequence of many factors when you want to make witchcraft about everything you very quickly make it about nothing It's just another meaningless word in the jumble of that try-hard vocabulary of someone who is trying to sound smarter than they are. Someone who thinks that proximity to knowledge uh, (laughs) makes them knowledgeable. And that's there's this sort of idea of intellectual, cognitive prosthesis that I I wanted to get into on this episode, and I just do not have the time to do that justice, so I'll get into that on Patreon. But... Something I think that uh, Witch King here was very right to point out is where, <clears throat> where I've noticed people using witchcraft as an excuse to start talking about why their preferred political or economic ideology is the superior ideology. It's the best system. Like, this is why if you're a real witch, you need to be an anarcho-syndicalist or you need to be a Maoist to be a real witch. Like, shut the fuck up. This is another gross attempt at controlling what was never meant to be controlled. If you want dogma this badly, if you want your spirituality to tell you how to vote and think this badly, please go become Catholics or something. Because the point of witchcraft is that we do not tell each other how to think and we damn well don't tell each other how to vote or not to vote. So I really despise all discussion in that vein because the priority of that kind of thinking It's just self-aggrandizement through politics the same way that when you're, I'm sorry, just posting thirst traps under the guise of witchcraft, the craft is, again, not at the center of it. It's no longer the point of why we're doing any of this. So I personally have almost no interest in, no, just zero interest in speaking about the merits or functions of one economic system versus another on this podcast, because that is not what this is about. And when you try to make everything related to politics without any separation, then that's what it's about now. When you Again, when you try to make it about everything, it's suddenly about nothing. And when you try to make it adhere to the same mono discussion of everything being as like polished and sociopolitically acceptable as possible, you lose all meaning. You lose all potency. So I am perfectly willing for people to think whatever they want about me because I'm not willing to play those games. And apparently the crows agree. <laughs> so... <coughs> And that's what I found funny is just that after I made that post um, asking people's opinions on consumerism and materialism within the craft, suddenly there's all these posts about not shaming people with limited means for shopping at places like Walmart or what have you for their for what they need, which is awesome. And I very strongly agree with that. Like, again, I'm glad that most people seem to have their heart in the right place of not shaming people for that. And for real, if you are buying candles from Dollar Tree or Walmart or whatever, and you're dressing them yourself, you objectively have a closer relationship to your craft than if you're just buying everything pre-made and not having that experience. For the record, I've done both. When I was desperately broke, like far below the poverty line, I would get dollar store candles and glitter and whatever oils myself or a friend had on hand and just go to town and really have a great time doing it myself, carving my own symbols into it, really putting my heart into it. So... I think witchcraft is very much about getting your hands dirty with whatever you have access to and really bringing your whole self into whatever it is that you're doing. So don't misunderstand me here. Like, I I very much appreciate that people tend to agree on that. But to be honest, I haven't seen very much of that kind of classist shaming from actual practitioners as much as I've seen pontificating against that which doesn't mean it doesn't exist and i again people's hearts in the right place i love that and to be fair uh there was uh months ago i think on twitter some ridiculous clown of a woman who was like whining and bitching people out because i can't believe uh people can't scrape together 200 for some bullshit tarot or astrology certificate like <laughs> it was just the funniest thing because I don't know about everyone else, but in the offline, like real life circles that I've tended to run in, being poor is not something that we mock anyone about. But people who try to buy their way into the craft, people who try to buy their way into legitimacy and witchcraft, we will mock you relentlessly for that. Like, I have absolutely made a ton of fun of people who try to do that. Like, I know it sounds mean, but if you are so fucking hopeless that you have to buy your way in, that you have to buy certification, you're not really a witch as far as I'm concerned. And I'm not against taking classes. I love taking classes from real elders, and I'm happy to pay them for their time and their knowledge. But you can't buy titles. The rule of thumb is you can't buy, you can't buy titles or initiation. So anyone who is trying to sell you one outside of the racket of the college system, <laughs> anyone who's trying to sell you one is fucking lying. So... I get that I may be a little all over the place with this. Um, my point in saying this is that when I sat down and thought about it, the concern over where and how to buy materials, it doesn't seem to come from these snobby elitists that we're always railing against for the most part, even though there are occasionally idiots like that and people tend to shut them down as they should. Most of the actual issues here, they tend to come from the questions of new practitioners who aren't sure what they're supposed to do. They don't know if they have to buy uh, a ton of items when they start out. They, they don't know where to go. Like, it more comes from confusion than people, uh, you know, judging other people. For the most part, from what I've seen, I could be wrong. So people who are new, they might not have the confidence to know that you are not supposed to do anything in that way. If you're going to follow a specific tradition or system, the crows are really chiming in on this one. <laughs> Wow. Um, if you're going to follow a specific tradition or a system, then yeah, you do have to actually practice whatever that is to be a part of it. But you're not supposed to buy them from a specific shop. You don't have to buy at a particular price point. Anyone who says otherwise is either... No, they're both deeply insecure and or probably trying to sell you something. And I will say, the funny thing about a lot of like bigger occult stores, the more commercial they are the more likely it is that they may literally just be selling stuff that they bought off Amazon or Walmart's wholesalers at some kind of fuck you markup. So I promise you, there are some things that really do not have any kind of special significance imbued in them simply because you purchased it at a Nicole store. Like most, like, you know, those charcoal pucks for loose incense, most people get them from the same wholesaler. You know, you're not the devil if you buy them (laughs) the cheapest way possible. And also, just because I know people who run stores and manage stores and whatnot, I understand you have to have some kind of a markup to make profit. I'm not hating on anyone here, but there is a difference between a fucky markup and just a markup to make a living, Uh, especially for something that really has no heart in it, like charcoal or uh, Saint Candles or whatever the hell it is. So I'm just offering that as food for thought. I'm not shitting on anyone. But this is where it's helpful to be inquisitive and to be friendly when you can. Like the people over at the Green Man in North Hollywood, which I've mentioned a few times, they know me personally. I know them personally because I just showed up one day when I was 18 and I just kept showing up and I kept annoying them and we know each other now. So I know which things I like to buy from people in person either because like they make the most delectable uh, loose incense in my opinion. I love buying their incense because it just it's beautiful blends that are tied to the traditions that I work with. So it's meaningful for me to buy that sometimes. Occasionally I'll make my own, um, but I love buying their incense and I love buying their candles because I know they hand make them from a place that I have a lot of admiration for and from a spiritual place that I have an actual connection to. So I won't tell anyone what they're supposed to do specifically i know i'm ranting uh i'm sorry (laughs) but we need to be able to ask ourselves when we shut off our laptops and our devices and when we get off the internet who are we what do we really do what is the role of our own practice and our own lives if we're not going to center our practices around like brand loyalty and wanting to get reposted by some big page then what are we basing it on i've already talked a little bit about the materialism aspect um But one of the other major tenets I do want to make time to talk about is this fixation on trauma. And this might be a little bit of a rabbit hole, so indulge me if you would. I promise I am going somewhere with this, and I would love to hear some of your thoughts. Witchcraft is an incredibly deep, multifaceted practice. I'll say that until I'm blue in the face. It's a deep practice with a rich history going back for untold generations. And healing itself, healing will always be an element And if any practices would understand and encourage the need to feel your way through pain when necessary, it's definitely the craft. We have entire seasons dedicated to introspection for going inward. If you do work with the wheel of the year, not everyone does. We have rituals and sabbats that give us the chance to do just that. Before the writing went to the dogs, (laughs) the magicians on sci-fi, they had some great one-liners about the nature of magic. And one of them that has stuck with me since I heard it is that magic doesn't come from talent magic comes from pain and the point is you can study all you want you can kind of be an armchair occultist all you want you need to really feel it to I don't want to say advance in magic like it's some kind of grade system but it does come from pain in a really deep way a lot of the time Many of us start working with magic and becoming proficient in it out of a deep dissatisfaction with our lives. Maybe we wanted to to do a spell to help our own heartbreak when we were younger. I don't know. But many of us just want to take those tools into our own hands for whatever reason. And this is one one of the many reasons that the Wheel of the Year is so resonant with me and why I love it so much. Because there are times when that pain and that anguish and the heartbreak of our individual human experiences are called up as what needs to be worked with at that point in time where we need to let it tear through and really exist without it being tied up without it being shouted down or just festering into something worse so with the wheel we work with different elements and states of being across the months we allow ourselves to rise and fall to ebb and flow as the earth does as the tides do Because we can't be in a state of action and growth at all times. And I know some people listen to me and think that that's what I'm advocating for. That could not be less true. The point is, though, that when we go there, when we let ourselves feel that pain and that darkness and go inward, we're meant to grow and evolve every time. We are meant to go in and come out again so we can affect growth and change. We are not meant to marry our trauma We are not meant to move into the hospital and get comfortable there. We are meant to grow. Witchcraft is not a circle jerk of misery. It is not a social club for people who need therapy, nor is it some wine night hangout of ceaseless rehashings of trauma and anguish. Witchcraft is an umbrella term for a wide variety of practices, but they are spiritual systems, largely speaking, for growth, for personal evolution, (coughs) And so much more. So, I'm not shitting on anyone. Uh, I, I almost feel like I'm just making these disclaimers all the time. But lately, it seems like trauma is the billboard we are faced with at every turn of just trauma. Everything is trauma. Everything is about trauma. Everything is about unpacking, examining, coping mechanisms. And turning every possible conversation into this same Jumble of secondhand talking points from some stoned therapist in Beverly Hills. I am very in favor of therapy for the record. I'm very in favor of doing what we need to do to heal and to be essentially happy, healthy, and whole. Whatever that means for us. Even if that means just going through it for a while. I'm not knocking that. And I will talk a little bit about my own experience of needing to just go through it for a while and come out on the other side of it Maybe more on my Patreon because this is getting long enough. But suffice, suffice it to say, you can absolutely be doing the work of healing and the work on your path of witchcraft at the same time. Those things do not have to be separate. They shouldn't be sometimes. And it's quite likely that you will find some overlap when you're doing both. It's very likely that those practices will be informed by each other in some way. And that can be very powerful. My spirituality was A huge part of my own healing journey and I wouldn't have it any other way it was necessary for me I don't think it would have happened otherwise but it is crucially important to understand that they are not the same thing the same way that if you're passionate about politics if you're passionate about activism beautiful keep it up do that live your fucking truth live your best life but understand these are not the same things you can do them both at once they can coexist peacefully But they're not the same and my saying that is not to condemn either one it's not to negate either one it's to encourage both it's actually to respect and protect the integrity and the true meaning of these separate things because when witchcraft is therapy and therapy is witchcraft neither are true neither has any real effectiveness to try and be both at the same time only ensures that you reduce the effectiveness of both i have seen it done it doesn't work So I think this merits talking about honestly and maybe a little more bluntly than people are used to because trauma like witchcraft, it has become a business. And that's why I'm talking about this on this episode. That's why I decided to take the extra day to make this longer is because they aren't separate. People have made this fixation on trauma as a sales pitch. It's become just another pop psych trend. And I can't sit by and watch the same sterilizing process happen to the craft because this one size fits all approach of everything is identity politics and everything is trauma. It sterilizes and fucking destroys everything it touches, just making it into another copy of itself. It sterilizes witchcraft into just another self-care coping mechanism that has less and less to do with the actual craft And more to do with keeping us emotionally stuck and spending money, turning the craft into something it is not. And, you know, again, this is why it took longer for me to talk about this, because what's at play here is not actually that simple. And it does go back uh, maybe further than people think, and also more recently than people think, into our own history as neo-pagans. So... When I say we're not meant to marry the trauma and move into the hospital, I say that because moving into the hospital has become a deeply rooted historic part of how I see this complex issue. So to just explain quickly, although it's probably self-evident, we go to the hospital because there's a problem. We go to therapy because there's a problem because we have something that needs to be taken care of and healed and acknowledged. The point is we go there, we get the problem taken care of and we leave. The goal is not to stay there forever, but in recent history, that has changed. So early on in my involvement with ADF, uh, there's something called the Dedicant Path, where you have to do a lot of homework, basically. And some of the homework you you have to do is basically related to the history of neo-paganism. So, one of the books that I chose to read to that effect was Drawing Down the Moon by Margot Adler, which is an excellent read. It is very long. Uh, It's a fairly comprehensive, I think, or at least very thorough uh, account on the history of neo-pagan and witchcraft movements in the U.S. and the U.K., more or less since the 60s and 70s. I don't exactly remember the particular start date because it's been a few years since I read it front to back, but... I do consider it an important read for anyone who doesn't want to just practice the craft, but who wants to understand it in a historical context that isn't just some vague reference to Salem or burning times, but the actual progression of those seeds growing in, you know, for not me specifically, but for many of us, for many of the elders in our community, in their own lifetimes, very close to our own generation. <clears throat> so I bring this up because Adler spends... A fair amount of time discussing uh, a woman known as Z Budapest, who's the founder of Dianic Wicca. She discusses the way that she operated and some of her motivations for doing so. So for those who aren't aware, Dianic Wicca is an offshoot of Wicca that only recognizes goddesses, not gods. (coughs) It only reveres the divine feminine, and by nature, it excludes men from its practice and proceedings, Maybe with the exception of holding, of maybe like them holding the perimeter as kind of bodyguards or something, but even that might be too much for them, I really don't know. They're also kind of not even really polytheists in my view, because from what I understand, they view all of the goddesses merely as facets of one core mono goddess, which I see as fancy monotheism, but, you know, there's plenty of people in polytheism who have some version of that belief, it's not that uncommon. People can do what they like. So I have a few other thoughts here. And real quick, one of them is that I actually do not recognize Diana Wicca as even truly Wiccan at all, because the honoring of those polarities and that balance between divine masculine and divine feminine is foundationally baked into Wicca as I understand it. <clears throat> Sorry, damn, I really have something in my throat today. You can understand that sort of polarity as a balance between energies rather than a literal biological sex essentialism that's kind of for people to grapple with as they will it's not really i don't have a dog in that fight i'm not wiccan uh, i'm not really interested in you know speaking too much on that but as far as i'm concerned you cannot amputate half of an equation like that and still be wiccan i'm sorry but what i really remember thinking while reading all of this is that z budapest was Really, forming a for a a form of spiritual Munchausens, she was fostering a form of spiritual Munchausens. That's what I was trying to say. It's this default acceptance that women had become so irrevocably harmed and violated, not just by men but by capital M man himself. That even in our spirituality, everything has to be a complete rejection and a reaction against any element of the masculine. She was advocating for and creating an arena where women could emotionally and mentally just move into the hospital and post up there and give them not only spiritual, but moral justification and and encouragement for them to do so and for them to never leave that mind state. This is why it's important to know our history, because this is the seed for what we're so familiar with today. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this particular line of thinking is going to sound very familiar to all of us. This sounds like something that would be said today. So I really see that particular seed, that movement of Diana Gwicka as one of the origins, one of the big origins of what has taken root into this heavily identitarian politicized trauma-fixated approach to witchcraft as we see it today, where people are using identity as this kind of political high ground of being in whatever identity group they're in to dictate to other people what they should be doing making everything about those personal issues with their identity, which I'm sorry, that wasn't it. It Was he Budapest in the seventies? And that ain't it today. That is not witchcraft. You can be a witch and sociopolitically active, as I said, but they are not the same thing. And I'm every iteration of this makes me sick. I don't like any version of this phenomenon. I've said that before. I don't like it from the traditional conservatives. I don't like it from the super far left misandrists. I don't like it from anyone because it's not witchcraft. So this is not going heavily deep into the sort of commodification of trauma, but I think many of us can see that for ourselves. Everyone is trying to sell you something pertaining to self-care and trauma. Whatever that is, if you just go on Instagram, you can see people who are trying to make a buck off of this. And you can tell they have no interest in anyone ever actually healing. There is a vested financial interest in people never healing and continually needing to pay for their services or their products or whatever it is. And I just find that gross. Like, And people are changing the what they're going to call witchcraft to suit their particular interest in that. So I, I understand that it's complicated. I understand that it can even sound insensitive to talk about all this, but I want to just take the cap off of this and look at what's actually inside because it's going to continue to wreak havoc in our conversations and in what is considered important within the community and subculture around witchcraft so i really invite you guys to just think on this for yourselves and do not be afraid to have an opinion that sounds insensitive because it's not like my asking questions on this does not mean that there is no place for real healing as i said what i'm against is people trying to prolong other people's suffering so that they can profit off of it which i think is gross so, ooh, yeah, this is just, it's such a topic that I'm still grappling with. You, you can probably hear that in how I discuss it, but hopefully it gave you some kind of food for thought. And uh, on a totally, on a very unrelated note, uh, I, I saw this week that people are trying to hex the Taliban, <laughs> that people are trying to curse the Taliban. And, you know, to be fair, my first reaction was like, Massive involuntary fits of cackling where I'm like biting my tongue in the middle of Barnes and Noble, but I wanted to bring it up because there is actually something very sweet and very pure about the impulse. So I thought I would say just in the, in the vein of history for those of you who are at all into or sympathetic or even curious about this idea, I want to say it isn't totally without merit. So if you are at all, Curious, I recommend checking out the book Llamas Night by Catherine Kurtz. As much as it has become a bit of a punchline now, and as much as I'm not a big person for making everything political, I spent a good amount of this podcast railing against that. There is some precedent for using witchcraft against literal forces of evil in the world and spiritual warfare and things like that. So while I am not making any definitive comment on that, on doing that, especially in the current state of the world, if you're curious about some of the ideas related to that impulse, Llamas Night gets into that in a very interesting way. Um, to summarize just the premise really quick, I think most of us have heard the idea that Hitler had occultists, what some people might call black magicians, uh, working as part of the Third Reich. So, Llamas Night essentially is a, air quotes, fictional uh, take on supposedly there being a British resistance to that, a British occult uh, counter to Hitler's occultists. And I'm sure I'm not doing justice to it with that summary, but that is the general idea. And the book used to actually be quite popular um, a couple of generations ago. So if you know any trad Type witches over 40, ask them about it and see if they remember anything because this was actually homework for some people's covens. I shouldn't be saying that. But, anyways, this is this week's very chaotic sermon done for. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it or it resonated with you in some way. If you want to listen to a perhaps longer but hopefully more cohesive version of this, uh, I will be putting out that patron only episode this week. Um, And I will give one last update. To end it with some good news and not just my technical difficulties, um, I will officially be teaching a class. I will be teaching Ritual BDSM 101 in person at Vamachara Tattoo Studio and Occult Supply Shop on Friday the 29th of October, which I am actually extremely thrilled about because for those of you who don't know, Halloween is my actual birthday and I genuinely enjoy public speaking and teaching. So that is a gift to me just by itself this will be in long island so i apologize to my west coast people but if you are at all local if you are interested in upcoming details on that event just keep an eye on my instagram and probably on the shop's instagram which is Vamachara underscore tattoo on insta Um, i might also be doing a little something something the next night (laughs) but uh i will give you some more spicy details on that later so (coughs) thank you guys for listening to this if you want to send me any of your thoughts you are more than welcome to share them in the comments or you are welcome to send them to me at outlawpriestess at protonmail.com so i will formally end this with get off your screens get off the internet for a while go outside and actually go do some magic send in love